Blog Talk Radio. Romans 2 and 5. Nope. Righteous judgment of the Most High, who will yep. render unto every man according to his nope. deeds, to them who by patience yep. continue in some well-doing seat, no nope. glory and honor and immorality, yep. eternal life. But unto them that are nope. contentious and do not obey the yep. truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. You an African-American? Nope. You believe that's your heritage? Yep. Do you know who you are? Nope. King, queen? Yep. Nigga with back? Nope. Do you shine like a star? Yep. Think they gon' say it? Nope. We gon' explode. Yep. Yeah. They gon' take your life? Nope. So many secrets in the vault? Yep. Do this knowledge cost? Nope. Hop in the book to my? Yep. Do you follow these laws? Nope. Do they still exist? Yep. Have time to wait? Choose. 
choose from. You got to choose one. Who you gonna choose the most? I heard Two sides to choose from. You got to choose one. Who you gonna choose? Who you gonna choose? Got to choose. Got to choose. We do got to choose. We have to choose. We got to choose. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right, all right. We're going to learn today. All right, all right, all right. We're going to learn today. All right, all right, all right, all right. Shalom, 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 and good morning. Baba Kachwab to the 12 tribes worldwide. To Judah, Benjamin, Levi, Simeon, Zebulun, Ephraim, Manasseh, Gad, Reuben, Asher, Nathali, and Issachar, shalom, 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 shalom. You have reached another episode of Bible Talk. My name is Michelle. I'd like to welcome you to our show. Um, Bible Talk is produced uh, five days a week, uh, Monday through Friday. From uh, Monday through Thursday, uh, we, we try to have classes from 10 a.m. to 12 noon, uh, Central Standard Time or Texas Time. Um, on Mondays, we have myself. Uh, then we come back on Tuesdays. With uh, Tazapah Tuesdays, then we come back on Wednesdays with myself again. Thursdays, we come back with Tazapah with uh, FYI for your information. Thursdays and then Friday nights, we we have our brother Bonavide with Friday night Bible breakdowns. Uh, it, you know, a good way to bring it uh, open the Sabbath and come into the Sabbath and everything. So shalom, 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 shalom. Um, uh, we are affiliated. Uh, we are affiliated with, with uh, several schools around the country. Um, here in San Antonio, where I'm currently at right now, we have, let me pull this up here. We have the Sword of Truth, which is located at 4444 Waltham Avenue, suite number 201, San Antonio, Texas, 78218 being the address here. All right. Uh, they have classes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 7.30 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. And then on Saturdays from 10 at, starting at 10 a.m., you can reach them at, at their YouTube channel, which is uh, Sport of Truth San Antonio. Whenever they have a live class going on, you can please check them out. For our school in the Houston area, if you're in the Houston, Texas area, uh, which is located at 231 FM Road 1092, Stafford, Texas, 77477, being the address there. And they have classes every Monday, uh, Mondays and Wednesdays from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Fridays starting at 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., and then Saturdays also starting uh, at 10 a.m. You catch them live on YouTube, their YouTube channel, which is SOW, Houston, Texas, Stream of Wisdom, um, every Wednesday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., and then again on Saturdays starting at 10 a.m. as well. If you happen to be in the Norfolk, Virginia area, uh, we have a school located at 2610 Granby Street, Norfolk, Virginia, 23517, being the address there. Our classes there are every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m., and then on Saturday starting at 12 noon, all right? You can catch them live on Facebook Live, uh, the Tuesday and Thursday classes starting at 8 p.m. to 10 p.m., and again, for our Norfolk, Norfolk, Virginia classes, again, all those times are Eastern Standard Time, all right? All those times are definitely Eastern Standard Time, all right? So, again, Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, Facebook Live from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m., and then on uh, Friday nights, their YouTube channel, SOW Stream of Wisdom, uh, Nova Virginia, uh, from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., and then again on Saturday starting at 12 noon, all right? Uh, for our school in Rochester, New York, uh, located at 1600 
Lyle Avenue, suite number 1A, Rochester, New York, 14606, Vini address there. They as well have classes every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday uh, from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. as in again on, again on Saturdays starting at 10 a.m. And you can catch their YouTube channel, SOW, Stream of Wisdom, North, Norfolk, Virginia, uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, again, from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and the other YouTube channels that, uh, that we do have for your information and education, uh, the Hidden Truth Bible Show, the Israelite Media Corps, uh, Five Minutes of Wisdom, and Hidden Books. Uh, we also have on Saturdays, not only do we have the seven classes in our, from uh, San Antonio, from Houston, from Norfolk and Rochester, we also have a Torah reading uh, that the, brother, uh, from the, the brothers from the Fountain of Wisdom do every Saturday morning, uh, every Saturday morning starting at uh, right around 9 p.m. Um, uh, Central Standard Time. And you can reach them on Facebook, right? Fountain of Wisdom on Facebook. Um, and and uh, join them that way, where they do the tour readings every Saturday. The brother Mike Allah uh, with the brother Aisha White Desire, they got the thing they've been doing for the past 15 years is is going and getting stronger and stronger. So we invite you to please check that out. And obviously, um, not to forget, if you're in the Albuquerque area, please reach out to brother Aisha White Desire, area code 505-218-4218 for any events or anything that might be happening in the Albuquerque area. And brothers and sisters, speaking of events, we have coming up here about what about eight days now. Uh, we do have uh, Hanukkah, right? The Feast of Dedication, Hanukkah, which does begin uh, sundown, December seventh, two thousand twenty-three, and it will be ending sundown, December fifteenth, two thousand twenty-three. All right. So we have the uh, Feast of Dedication, otherwise known as Hanukkah, Ha Hanukkah. Ha, not ka, but ha, <laughs> Hanukkah, all right? We do have Hanukkah coming up, okay? Um, and again, that will be starting sundown, December 7th, right? Sundown, December 7th, and we do invite everybody, uh, please ch- check with the lo- your local um, schools, local, local camps uh, in your area. Uh, for what, what they might be doing for the Hanukkah celebrations, all right? That we might be able to get, get together as Israelites and get into our holy days, get into our, our time of, of, of uh, uh, getting together under a, a righteous environment and, and not these pagan holidays uh, that are so rampant and so wicked here in the earth today. All right, brothers and sisters, um, at this time, we're going to send the prayers. We, got a, we have a prayer list uh, that, that we... It, I'm sorry, let me slow down. We have a prayer list that we've been compiling, um, and I'm going to be giving a list of names that I ask that each one of you, in your, uh, in your own private time, that you might say these names in your prayers. Add these names to your prayer list, knowing that it says that uh, we need to pray for one another and that the prayers of the righteous do avail much. So um, part of the show, uh, let me go ahead and get this in. All right, so... Uh, please, you don't have to repeat, repeat this or what have you. This is what I, I do as I get the names of the, everybody out there so that you might please add them to your personal prayers as well, all right? So the Most High, in the name of Christ, please listen to us now, right now. Please send your Holy Spirit of mercy and peace to watch over, to bless, to heal, to strengthen, to help, 
to protect, to build up. Father, we ask that you might bless and keep, that you might make your face to shine upon and be gracious, and that you might lift up your, your countenance upon and give peace to our sister here in, in San Antonio, this word of truth, Naya, who happens to be the wife of Brother Yahweh Ab, uh, to our sister Labaya, uh, the wife of our brother Tazapah, uh, to Miss Barbara, uh, her husband, uh, Mr. Charles, uh, here in San Antonio, uh, to Bobby Dixon, all right, to uh, 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 Sierra Leakey, who is the daughter of our brother David, to our sister, Ibadiah, out there with the SOW Houston, uh, the wife of Lachama. Uh, to our brother up there in Norfolk, Shaquat Gabar. Uh, to our family here in San Antonio, to Thawam Racha and his wife, Waradaya, and their family. Uh, to Miss Catherine, uh, otherwise known as Ma Dukes, the mother of our brother, Tazapah. Uh, to our friends in Albuquerque, to Becky, to Darrell, and to Carmen up there in Albuquerque, to my in-laws, the entire Lovett family, my father-in-law, my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law, and all their nieces, nephews, and grandchildren, uh, to our brother, Gabar Kawa, his, his entire family, um, to our brother, Kazakia, out there in Norfolk and his family, to our brother, continued prayers uh, and condolences to our brother, Thahawon Mayam, out there in Houston. Uh, and to his his wife, Sharah, and to their son, Benaya, as they just recently um, uh, heard their mother, Thawam's uh, mother, Samakaya, which is called home, Father, as you know. Um, to our brother here in, in San Antonio, Thawam, uh, uh, West Beverly. To our sister, Ayana, uh, here in San Antonio with the Sword of Truth, the wife of our brother, Awana Aya. Father, uh, uh, to the daughter of our brother Tazapah and his wife, Arakaya, their daughter, Cece. To the daughter of our brother, Gabakua, Aizali. And to uh, the daughter of our brother, Banabad, and his wife, Kwadashaya, Aliyah. Uh, to uh, Father, we ask for Tazapah and his family. We ask for brother Kwadashabar here in San Antonio as well. Father, we ask for our brother, Yenawathan who right now I believe is in, is in uh, Florida, uh, to our brother, to the family of Gabar Allah out there in Florida as well, and to his wife, uh, Aisha, and to their niece and nephew, Keontae, and Rihanna, and to uh, Gabar Allah's mother-in-law, Ruthie Mae Johnson, to the family of our brother, Sean Kudash, also out there in Florida, uh, his wife, Mariah, and th- their son, Kazakia. To our brother LV, Brother Lavander, out there in, in Riverside, California. And to his mother, Pat Washington. To our sister here in San Antonio, Quadashaya, the wife of our brother Bonabai. To uh, Sean Stark. To our friend Sylvia Khan. Uh, continue prayers, Father, for our, our brothers, our brother up there in Albuquerque, uh, Shapar, his brother Rashwan, and their sister Mariah. To our brother Yama uh, in Lubbock, to our brother Yasha Allah in Gala, uh, and to our sister uh, here in San Antonio, Ainawa. And Father, we ask that you might put your name upon the children of Israel and that you might bless them. And we ask all these things in the name of, of, of your son, Yahweh Shai, 
that, that you might get the glory and that you might get the praise. We thank you always. Thank you. Uh, the water from Yacht. Um, uh, all right, all right, all right, all right. Brothers and sisters, we are dealing with flee from free. I'm sorry. We're dealing with flee from idolatry. Part two, LeBon's household goods. All right. Um, on Monday, let me catch up here with my notes. On Monday, one of the things they left off with, I'm going to uh, – Let me let me let me let me let me get back up here. Um, oh yeah, I need that. I do need that. On Monday, one of the last things we finished with on Monday, brothers and sisters, was well, we was going over First Corinthians chapter ten and verse fourteen, where it says, "Wherefore, uh, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry." And as you know, that's one of the things that we've been covering in this series. And I was just taking a look uh, yesterday. We actually started this series about um, to deny Christ goes all the way back to June of 2023. So we've been dealing with this topic for for, for a minute, and obviously we've, we've had subtopics um, that we've definitely been, been been diving into and going down some rabbit holes and getting, getting into. Um, and now you know we're dealing currently with the uh, virgin birth of Christ. And I'm getting some text here. Let me see real quick. Okay, okay, okay. I'm not seeing anything, but I got to notice. All right, my, my apologies. So we were dealing with uh, fleeing from idolatry, all right, fleeing from idolatry. And one of the last things we was going over um, was dealing with the definition of devils, all right? Uh, let me just read this again real quick. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 20 through 22. First Corinthians chapter 10, verses 20 through 22, and it says, What I say, that the things... Was the Gentile sacrifice, they sacrificed to devils and not to God. And I would not that ye should have fellowship with devils. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of devils. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? And we was going to this, brothers and sisters, and, you know, my time got cut a little bit short, and we did go over the definition of devil. Uh, we went on the definition of devil from Webster's 1828, not the Merriam-Webster's, not, not the uh, uh, exhaustive encyclopedia of the uh, uh, dictionary, but just Merriam-Webster, just the Webster's dictionary, Noah Webster, 1828, Noah Webster, Webster, by itself, 1828. And we went over the definition of devil. And pulling up again, we dealt with definition number two. Right? We dealt with definition number two. And let me scroll down here some and pick it back up. Um, when we're dealing with the definition of devil from Webster's 1828 dictionary, devil, definition number two tells us a devil, definition of a devil could be, is a very wicked person. All right. So if we insert this definition into the scripture where it says, um, that the things, first Corinthians chapter 10 verse 20, the things was a Gentile sacrifice. They sacrifice to devils and not to the most high. Well, again, deal with the second definition of devil, which is a very wicked person. And as we've been tracing 
and going back and, and looking at uh, some of the pagan gods and the, the idols of the Gentiles being the beginning of spiritual fornication against God, that all pagan idols and pagan mythology, whether it be Greek mythology, Roman mythology, Egyptian mythology, whether it be uh, um, Norse mythology, whether it be uh, um, uh, some of the customs that, that we, we become accustomed to as, as not just like with Christmas and Thanksgiving and doing a little research on that too, brothers and sisters. Uh, and I, I give, give uh, hats off to the brother Hassad uh, from Sakari. I didn't know that, that Thanksgiving's origins ain't just from the slaughter of the North American Indians here in America, but Thanksgiving goes back to the pagan festival of uh, Cornucopia, uh, where you see like the, the, the basket all the fruit and stuff coming out of it. That, that, that has pagan origins as well. All right, so not just the slaughter of the, the, North, the, Native, the so-called Native American Indians. I mean, the slaughter of uh, Gad and Reuben upon the arrival of the pilgrims, uh, uh, Europeans, so-called white people come to the Americas. But that whole feasting goes back to the uh, uh, cornucopia, all right, we, 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 which it has very pagan uh, roots and origins. But all this traces back, all these type of things trace back to, um, although the names have changed, the stories, the mythology, the legends, all go back to the very first kingdom established on the planet Earth after the flood, Babylon. Babylon and Assyria that was ruled by the tyrant Nimrod and his wife, Ceramicus, and they're the legend that, that, was, that was created behind them, the mythology that was created behind them, was that after Nimrod died, um, he, he magically impregnated his wife after he died, um, and she gave birth to a divine son, all right? That, that's going all the way back to Nimrod. So when we're saying that, that the things that the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice unto devils. They sacrifice to a very wicked person, a very wicked person. And it says, and in the ludicrous language, a great evil. In profane language, it is an exam- it is an explicitive, expressing wonder and vexation. And the definition number three for devil is an idol or false god. From Leviticus chapter seventeen and Second Chronicles chapter eleven. And what we did, brothers and sisters, um, on Monday, we went over Leviticus chapter 17, verses 1 through 7. All right, we did go over that. Second, uh, Leviticus chapter 17, verses 1 through 7. And it was about how the sacrifices that, that we had learned, that the Israelites had learned in Egypt, and sacrificed to all the different gods and the, and the Egyptian pantheon of gods and mythology, that all that, again, was chased, we could trace it back to Nimrod, Sermamis, and Tammuz, all right? But we had been very heavily indoctrinated with the Egyptian philosophy, with the Egyptian culture, with the Egyptian religions, and to, of the sacrificing to the different gods that was going on in Egypt, to the fertility gods, to the agricultural gods, to the gods of, of wine, to the gods of, of drink, to the gods of, of uh, liberation, and the different names that he went, there, went under there in Egypt, and that there were a lot of household gods 
that we also had uh, that we partook in. So you had we had a lot of household idols. We had a lot of household gods. Um, as we're going to go into this class today, that not only was this rampant or was this very saturated in the Egyptian culture and religion and doctrine, these false gods and these these idols that we would bring into our own homes, we, outside of the temple worship that we had going on in Egypt, that a lot of the, the sacrifices that we did was at home, to where we were sacrificing different animals and, and different um, sacrifice different animals to different gods. All right, and eating these and eating these things similar to Thanksgiving. All right, that all these things were being done and, and uh, that we were eating and celebrating the different pagan holidays, even in Egypt, all right, that we was, we was head, headlong into it. And, and, and uh, the, the, you know, they had parades even back then. Like we had the Christmas, Day, the Christmas parade here in America. Um, we had the Thanksgiving Day parade. We had the uh, uh, New Year's parade. Uh, we have uh, Mardi Gras and, and the different uh, parades. Uh, we have, after a, a sports team wins a championship, we have parading through the streets. Brothers and sisters, that goes all the way back to different types of, of pagan worship and customs and traditions that have been carried out through the ages that are very wicked and very pagan that we were definitely partaking in. So the most side established for us in Leviticus chapter 17, verses 1 through 7, that no, is everybody's not going to sacrifice just the way they sacrifice. Everybody's, it's not going to be this thing of, well, that's how you do things, so this is how I'm going to do things. No, it got to the point where, no, if we're going to be a sacrifice to the Lord God, if we didn't bring our sacrifices to the temple of the Most High, to honor the Most High, that person or that family would be cut off. It was no longer going to be that this is, what I, this is how uh, we're going to sacrifice to this God in this house. And this is how we're gonna uh, we're gonna uh, honor and celebrate this on our own, and we're gonna let nobody rule over us, and we're gonna we're gonna feel free to do what we want to do uh, in our own house. The Lord did away with that. There's gonna be any sacrifices offered up. We're gonna do it in proper order. We're gonna bring it to the priest at the temple of the Most High, and have it done the right way. And it wasn't gonna be any abomination, abominable foods. It wasn't gonna be no hams. It wasn't gonna be no pork. It wasn't going to be no uh, clams, you know, as, as, uh, as the oyster base or any, any, uh, any this type of thing going on. All that was going to be done away with, all right? All that was going to be done away with. So continuing in that and touching on the household idols, all right, touching on the household idols, uh, let's, let's go back. I'm going to go back in my notes here. Um, but it says, I'm going to ask you to please join me. Um, in Genesis chapter 31, all right, let's go to Genesis chapter 31, and let me catch up here with my Bible also and see exactly what, what verse I'm going to start at. Let's go to Genesis, Genesis chapter 31, and I do want to delve more into uh, these idols, all right, um, this idolatry. That, that we have been caught up in for so long, all right? That, again, a lot of just everyday, everyday things that go on here in America, we really don't get a clue or understand that it's wicked. It's pagan, all right? We really don't put, uh, associate that, associate how, how much 
the common everyday things that we do here in America really are against God and really they provoke God. They make God angry. Even before I go here, let me pull the scripture up as it, as it just hit my mind. As when we first started this, this, uh, this series, we did start with this here as we was introducing uh, the idols of the Gentiles, right? The, one of the very first uh, shows we did, which you can catch any of our shows, uh, classes that we've done at www.blogtalkradio.com. Once you pull the website out, pull the website up, go to, uh, go to the search box, type in Mashaba, M-A-S-H-A-H-B-A, boom. You got us. Our whole library of, of, of classes is there going all the way back to February 2010 when our first show started and aired. And you catch any of the shows that we've done since that time. They're all there for your education. All right. Um, so in Revelations, chapter 18, I'm sorry, verse 1. Uh, Revelation chapter 18, verse 1, and it reads, and after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. So, brothers and sisters, we have to kind of put, a, a, put an association with things, and we have to match history with the Bible. With the, we have to match history with the prophecies of the Bible, right? If any of this is going to start to make sense, if we're going to get the turnkey, if we're going to get the plug, if we're going to get the start to get some understanding, we have to start associating and putting together history with the prophecies of the Bible, right? That now, for us to be told here in the last book of the Bible, Revelations, that upon the arrival of Christ's return, the Messiah's return, that there's a place that is giving clues to a place, and that this place is called Babylon the Great, all right? And that in this place is the habitation, or in this place is the habitation of devils and the hold, like a prison of every, not even a prison, a hold, uh, like, like a pen, um, uh, uh, for animals uh, and the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird that all these things are things that God hates. There's a place on the planet earth that is the ha- that every devil, every wicked thing, every wicked person, every idolatry can be observed at, can be, can be worshiped, can be served. There's a place on the planet earth where um, every foul spirit is housed, that you can find every foul spirit in this this place, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Unclean and hateful birds is an abomination to God, an abomination for us to eat, okay? That there's one place on the planet Earth that this signifies. Now, obviously, when John the Revelator, who gave us the book of Revelations, when, he, when God gave him these, these visions, these prophecies, he didn't know to call this place America. 
All right, I'm being joined by my brother. I'm being joined by my brother Gabar Kawa. Hold on one second, please. All right, shalom, 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 shalom. Uh, Gabar Kawa, what's going on? Yeah, how about Shemesh Shabakata? Ah, yeah, how about Shemesh Shabakata? Shalom. 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 Yashallah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to get that mixed up with the with the top. But the, but the, but the, you know I'm, I'm I'm here. You know I I I I got the distinguished uh, the, the 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 distinction between you know the ka and the and the ha. <laughs> and I'm glad God, that, you, you, that you that you enjoyed it. Uh, how you doing this morning, bro? Uh, brother, everything's good, man. Everything's good. How about you? I'm, um, uh, well, you know, I'm in the, I'm in the Marikab this morning. Understood. Understood. The chariot, con. Um, you know, ready to, uh, um, you know, uh, be a service, reasonable service. Uh, brother, let's do let's do it then. Let's do it. Uh, what I'm just breaking down real quick is Revelation chapter 18, verse three. Uh, that there's a place on the planet Earth that matches the prophecies of the Bible, that it's going to be a place called Babylon the Great. From a scripture's point of view, it's Babylon the Great. And it's going to be the uh, – uh, I was just reading that. If you want to read that for me, Revelation chapter 18 and verse 3. Con, uh, Revelations chapter 18 and verse 3 reads, uh, for all nations – have drunk of the wine. I'm sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, verse 2, verse 2, verse 2. Verse 2, okay. Yeah. Um, moving up to Revelations uh, chapter 18, verse 2. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and is become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. So we have to take the, the remember when, when John the Revelator wrote this, the book of Revelations, this was obviously for where we're at right now, that was our past. So from our past, from what he was writing about, he was writing about things that happen in the future. And now things that he's writing about that was going to be in his future is now our present. I hope that I hope that wasn't too confusing. That he was prophesying about events that were going to take place from where he was at back then, and I believe this was, was uh, around 69, 68, 64 uh, A.D. But, uh, but that's what date is not important right now. The fact that he was prophesying from his time period, his prophecies that was given him by God for us, for his will be his future, for us is our present. So we had to go and look and kind of do a little investigation that there's a place that's going to be known as Babylon the Great. That right there should give us a clue or give us, give us some context. Well, Babylon the Great, why is it called Babylon the Great? What's so significant about Babylon? And then that takes us, when we go into our research, just not much, we know that the first Babel or the first Babylon was from the time of Nimrod. Right? That was the first empire that he established that actually did reach from uh, the Mes- Mesopotamia, which was between the Tigris and Euphrates rivers, reaching all the way from the Persian Gulf, going all the way up to the Black Sea, going all the way over to the Mediterranean. 
that it was the uh, uh, Babylon and Assyria that he that he controlled, basically Mesopotamia, what we know as the Fertile Crescent. That's where he established his, his empire and all the cities and all the land that that that, that is dealing with, and that this is where uh, this was the origins of a lot of pagan worship and idol worship and wickedness, starting with this man Nimrod and his wife Ceramesis and their supposed son Tammuz. All right, I'm not I'm not gonna recap six months worth of of, of shows that we've done <laughs> that they're on the library, but <laughs> that there's a place called known as Babylon the Great. What was significant about about Babylon? Is that at the very first Babylon, that's where all nations were gathered together. And the reason it got its name Babylon is because it was there that because all nations were gathered together and they built the tower in defiance of God. Um, uh, they built the tower, <laughs> as, as you know, I'm putting the, 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 the terminology together, they built this tower for a rainy day. Even though God promised Noah, that he would not flood the earth, entire earth again with a flood. Nimrod and his tyranny led the charge for we're going to build this tower for a rainy day so that we will never get scattered abroad and we, we're in control of our own destiny. And he, he influenced the whole known earth at that time or peoples at that time. He influenced them with this, with this mindset to where they were building this tower. So, God and the angels saw what man, mankind was doing, how we were united in wickedness, united in going against God, and that's where God confounded or confused all the languages. That's why it was called Babel or Babylon, which goes to the Hebrew word Babal, which does mean confusion. So there was a place that, was, that it's, called, it's going to be called Babylon the Great or the Great Confusion. If we match that with what happened in with Nimrod in Genesis chapter ten and chapter eleven, that that's where everybody got um, the language was confused and the nations got divided up. So, what place on earth today can we find all peoples with their languages and with their philosophies? Is there a place on the planet Earth that matches this description? That would be America. That would be America. America, they're, they're, one of the models of America is bring me your poor, bring me your sick. Uh, America is known as the great melting pot, where you literally have representatives or remnants of every nation, every people, every dialect, every language on the planet Earth, along with every doctrine, every religion, every culture, every practice can be found here in America. You can't find any, any place like this on a planet Earth. Not like America, where you have all, everybody gathered together, and they're all doing their own worship. They're all doing their own things. We can go through some cities, and you can find a little Italy. You can find a little China. You can find a little Haiti. You can find a little Manila. You can find a little Ukraine. You can find a little Russia. You can find a little... Uh, 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 Guam, Korea, uh, uh, Japan, uh, Taiwan, that all these different communities of all the different people, Eskimos, they can all be found here in America in their own little communities doing their own thing in a bunch of confusion where it's a land of the free that 
you're free to worship. You're free to get into whatever type of, 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 of uh, uh, again, worship service you want to get into, that you can do that here in America, unlike anywhere else on the planet Earth, unlike anywhere else on the planet Earth, and that in this place is going to be the habitation of devils, of very wicked practices, of wicked according to God, of, of every fetish that a person could ever imagine or dream of, it can be practiced here in America. All right? So we can, obviously we, we can't find the name America in the Bible, but the Bible gives us clues. The Bible gives us hints. The Bible gives us, gives us uh, uh, um, uh, descriptions that it really, brothers and sisters, if we just stop for a second and, and, and consider, uh, I, I think that, that the term is called use a little deductive reasoning. <laughs> this ain't hard. This is not hard, and that's where we match the history with the prophecies and all this fits together like a glove. All right? So I just want to bring that up about there's a place on the planet Earth that every type of worship, fetish, um, culture can be found, and that that is the place that Jesus Christ, with the Battle of Armageddon, is coming to destroy, as well as it's going to be the place where you can find the, the 12 tribes of Israel in captivity. You can find the 12 tribes of Israel in slavery. There is no other place on the planet Earth where you can find remnants of all 12 tribes. We know the 12 tribes of Israel are scattered to the four corners of the earth. Ain't nobody refuting that. Ain't nobody trying to say that's, that's not true. But what place on the planet Earth can you find remnants of all 12 tribes? If that's not America, uh, uh, we are open to please let us know where, where that can be found then. When we go back and match Ezekiel chapter 37, that it tells you that when Christ comes back, a prophecy about when Christ comes back, the Messiah comes, there's going to be a place where the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah, that you're going to find remnants of them gathered together in one place. Hosea chapter 1 verse 10 and 11 tells us the exact same thing. If that's not America, there's no other place like this. There's no other place that fits this description. All right? And I'm kind of saying this also, brothers and sisters, that the Bible is a, a book of practicality, not religious mysticism. All right? Let, let, let's get, get out of that. Let's try and use some practicality with the Bible. God is real. His word is real. And his prophecies is what makes God, is one of the things that makes God, God. If he said it's going to happen, nothing, nobody, no event can stop what God says is going to happen. Especially because that's what's called prophecy. That's what made a person a prophet. They could prophesy the future. They could tell you what's going to happen. And the, that's what the prophets of God, the, prophet, the Israelite prophets, that's what they did. If they, told a future, if they told of a future event and it did not happen, they were known as false prophets. And the penalty for false prophets was what? Be put to death. That's one of the things that made God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, that's what put, made him, makes him the most high. If he says it, nobody can stop it. Okay? So with that, uh, let's go to Genesis chapter 31. And I think we're going to start uh, 
at 13. Let's go to uh, Genesis chapter 31 and verse 13. And, and let me catch everybody back up. And what we're going to go into a little bit more is the household gods. Let me start out a little bit, a little bit more. In ancient Egypt, there were a lot of household gods, or household idols, as well as the temples that had been established in ancient Egypt. That we as Israelites, when we came out of Egypt, we were still carrying on these practices and these religions that we learned in Egypt. To where it was necessary for God to tell us, no, if you're going to bring a sacrifice to me, it's not going to be just in your own private home. It's something that you're doing, and you just offer it for yourself. If it's going to be a sacrifice to the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, bring it to my priest at my temple and offer it up. Don't do these practices and these, these, these customs that you learned in Egypt. But we want to discover and understand that this goes further back to the household gods and the, and the own private little sacrifices to whatever idol that people had going on. It goes, it goes further back than Egypt. And we're going to find out that even Jacob, and uh, when he got his wives, uh, Leah and Rachel, Bilhah and Zilpah, that there was very pagan, pagan worship even going on with their father, Laban. And I didn't go into it, with brothers and sisters. We can go all the way back to Abraham, really. And let me slow down a little bit more. I would like to call to everybody to, to your memory. Remember, Abraham, before he was called Abraham, it was called Abram. And then Abram came from Ur of the Chaldees. Ur of the Chaldees was right smack dab in the capital that Nimrod had established over in Mesopotamia, over, over by the Persian Gulf, over in, in uh, modern-day Iran. And that it tells us in the scriptures that even Noah's, not Noah, Abraham's, Abram's uh, father Terah, was into the idols and into the gods that was being honored and worshipped over there in Ur. And that Abraham left there and came over to uh, what was then became the, the what was then known as the land of Canaan, which became the land of Israel, became Abraham's uh, domain. But even then, there were a lot of gods that were being worshipped even during the time of Abraham. And that Abraham only was found faithful unto God. That's why God called him his friend. All right? That the whole rest of the earth was being influenced by Nimrod. And, brothers and sisters, there's a lot of research that shows that Nimrod, that Abraham was alive. Let me say like this. That Abraham and Nimrod were alive at the same time. There's research and text that say this. Now, I can't actually prove it right now, so I'm not going to go there. But one thing we, I do know for sure, brothers and sisters, is that Shem was alive during the time of Abraham. Abraham lived during the time of Shem. Matter of fact, Shem outlived Abraham. Shem outlived Abraham. So if Shem outlived Abraham, it's not, it's not kooky to think that Nimrod, that Abraham was also alive, not during obviously the height of Nimrod's reign, but they were alive during the same time, towards the end of Nimrod's life. All right? So this influence that Nimrod had over the whole earth, 
let's get into this. Genesis chapter 31, and we're starting verse 13, sir. Yes, sir. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 31 and verse 13 reads, I am the God of Bethel, where thou anointest the pillar, and where thou vowedest a vow unto me. Now arise. Now, this is God. Let me say this. Now, this is God speaking to Jacob. All right? This is God speaking to Jacob. And Jacob had been through so much drama and trauma with, from his, uh, his uncle slash father-in-law, Laban. And remember specifically, it's Laban the Syrian of Fadanaram, all right, that, this, that uh, Laban wasn't actually uh, Syria from the son of uh, Aram, but that, that he was living in that area of Syria, that he was known as Laban the Syrian, all right? And now it's time for God is now telling Jacob the time that you spent here with uh, Laban, and you've gotten all your sons, you've got a daughter in, in Dinah, it's time to leave now. I'm with you. All right? Uh, please read on, sir. Con, um, I am the, the God of Bethel, where thou anointest the pillar, and where thou vowedest a vow unto me. Now arise, get thee out from this land, and return unto the land of thy kindred. All right, so it's time for Jacob now to arise and go back to where Isaac and Rebekah were, his parents were. Reading on. And Abraham. Go ahead. And, and Rachel and Leah answered and said unto him, Is there yet any portion of or inheritance for us in our father's house? So Rachel and Leah, in addressing uh, Jacob, was like, We have nothing here. We're, we're going to go with you. There's nothing here for us. We're, we're committed to you. And remember, we was going over this, that it's possible, uh, there's a theory that Rachel and Jacob, there's a theory that Rachel and Jacob, I'm sorry, keep reading. I'm sorry, keep reading. Go ahead. Con. Oh, okay. Oh, we're in 15. Uh, Genesis chapter 31 and verse 15 reads, are we not counted of him strangers? For he has sold us and have quite devoured also our money. For all the riches which God hath taken from our father, that is ours, and our children's, now then, whatsoever God hath said unto thee, do. Then Jacob rose up and set his sons and his wives upon camels, and he carried away all his cattle and all his goods which he had gotten, the cattle of his getting which he had gotten in Pandanaram for to go to Isaac, his father, in the land of Canaan. And Laban went to shear his sheep, and Rachel had stolen the images that were her father's. Now, let's get, let's get this here. Genesis chapter 31, verse 19. And Laban went to shear his sheep, and Rachel had stolen the images that were her father's, all right? This way, we're going to get into some research now, brothers and sisters, a little secular research. Um, when we look up the word images, all right, in Genesis chapter 31 and verse 19, it goes back to the Hebrew word teraphim, 
right? It goes back to the Hebrew word teraphim, teraphim, T-E-R-A-P-H-I-M, all right? Now, there's a lot of scripture we can go to, but we're not for time's sake. But it says, these might have been images devoted to superstitious or idolatrous purposes as they are uh, termed gods by Levon, all right? That Levon called these images gods. Now, I, I'm, what I'm reading from, brothers and sisters, is from the John Gill Exposition of the Bible. As you know, I'm, I'm into commentaries. I'm definitely into commentaries uh, because the, these scholars were true scholars. The, John Gill was a true scholar. His life was dedicated to research. That was his job, biblical research. Not unlike us today, we have to work a job, and then in our spare time, we've got to find time to try and study. <laughs> no. And then we call ourselves scholars? No. This man was a true scholar who had access to a lot of archaeology, to a lot of history, um, a, lot, a lot of libraries that we don't have access to. So he's telling us that the images that were her father's in Genesis chapter 31, verse 19, in the Hebrew word for the images, is called teraphim. And these might have been images devoted to superstitious or idolatrous purposes as they are termed gods by Laban. In Genesis chapter 31, uh, by Laban. Now, I'm asking Brother Gabar if, if we can read verse Genesis chapter 31, verse 19, and then also verse 20. Um, Genesis chapter 31 and verse 19. And Laban went to share his sheep, and Rachel had stolen the images that were her father's. And Jacob stole away unawares to Laban, the Syrian, in that he told him not that he fled. So, brothers and sisters, we know that from Romans chapter 15 and verse 4. Paul lets us know, he tells us, that things written aforetime were written for our learning. All right? But we've kind of been trained, and, and, and we read things, and it kind of, you know, we read right over a lot of important factors. We read over a lot of things that seem unimportant to us, but we don't really factor in that if it's written, it must be important, or there must be something significant about what's written. Here we're seeing that Laban is called the Syrian. All right, that Laban is called the Syrian, and a lot of times that was that was that's how he was known, right? As Laban the Syrian, Laban the Syrian, Laban the Syrian. All right. So now I'm going to, uh, you know what, Gabar? Let me see if I can send this to you. Mm-hmm. I, got, I got I got got you here, brother, and actual physical, not just spiritual. I know a lot of times you be with us in spirit when you have to be on that damn plantation. Uh, uh. I'm going to cuss out everybody. <laughs> you be one, you be like Christ in the temple. You be you be like Christ in the temple, ready ready to uh, make a like <laughs> make a whip <laughs> and go so. <laughs> that should not make General Dollar a place of worship. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Oh, God. Hi, buddy. God. I, I, just sent you, I just sent you a text. Tell me if it came through. And if you're able to open uh, that up. Let me see here. Um, uh, let's see. Um, the Jewish Encyclopedia. Yes. Con, uh, Teraphim. That's it. That's it. That's it. Cool. Con. Um, let me see. So, brother says, what I want to do is, um, is he's called Laban the Syrian, and he had these images or he had these gods or these idols. So let's go to the Jewish Encyclopedia. And uh, let's get the definition of teraphim from the Jewish Encyclopedia. What you got, sir? Fine. Um, the definition of teraphim from the Jewish Encyclopedia states a plural word of unknown deri- derivation used in the Old Testament uh, denote the primitive Semitic house gods. Who- okay. Oh, hold on. Mm-hmm. So it's a teraphim. It's a plural word of unknown uh, uh, derivation, derivation. Mm-hmm. used in the Old Testament to denote the primitive Semitic what house gods. All right, the primitive Semitic house gods. We know Laban is Semitic because he's the uncle of Jacob. He's the brother of Rebecca. All right, that. We know they're Shemites. He is definitely Shemitic, all right? But it, he is Syrian in his land of Syria, okay? And uh, these teraphim were primitive Semitic household gods. I hope everybody catches that part. Reading on from that point, sir, please read on. Con, Semitic house gods whose cult had been handed down to historical times the earlier period of nomadic wanderings. Check this out. I hope y'all catch it. I mean, there's a lot here, brothers and sisters. These, these primitive Semitic house gods whose cult have been handed down to his historical times from the earlier period of nomadic wanderings. What was this earlier period of nomadic wanderings? Brothers and sisters, that's going back to what Nimrod first established in establishing the kingdom, the empire of Babylon and Assyria. All right, that that's where these household gods, these the, the, the things that were being worshipped, these devils, right, that's where this originates too. Reading on, sir. Con, the translation of the term teraphim by the Greek versions, as well as it is used in the scriptures, gives an gives an excellent gives an excellent idea of the nature of these symbols. Thus, thus Aquila renders the word by figures. Right, so Aquila or Aquila mm-hmm. renders the word by figures. That these household gods, these images, they were figures. All right? Reading on. Con, the Septuagint in Genesis by images, in Ezekiel by carved images. In Ezekiel, these teraphim are what? Carved images. 
all right? They're images. They're also known as figures. Reading on? Fine. In Zechariah, by oracles. And come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Go ahead. In Hosea, by manifest objects. objects. And in Hosea, known as manifest objects. Reading on. The authorized version often simply transcribes the word, as in Judges uh, 17 and 5. Um, 18 and 14, etc. sequence, and Hosea, the third chapter and the fourth verse. But frequently translates its images as in Genesis 31 and 19. And that's what we just read, brothers and sisters. That, that, that's the scripture we're reading right now. Genesis chapter 31, verse 19. Go ahead. Uh, at Passim, the rendering images occurs in 1 Samuel um, 19. Uh, 13 also, idols in Zechariah 10 and 2. And idolatry in 1 Samuel 15 and 23. All right. Good, good job of reading that num- Roman numerals for real. Reading on. Con. The form of the word in Hebrew must be regarded as a plural of excellence, just as Elohim denotes gods and God. The form teraphim is applicable to each single object as well as to the entire class. First uh, Samuel 19 and verse 13 and Genesis 31 and verse 19. Cool. So now we're going to get some biblical data. Now we're going to read on, and we're in the Jewish Encyclopedia under Teraphim. Now we're going to read the section about biblical data. Go ahead. Fine. Uh, biblical data. That Teraphim were really images of human shape. Oh, and- my goodness. <laughs> read that again that teraphim were really images of human shape I want to stop right there because he's going to go on and talk about uh, well keep reading keep reading I know it's going to get confusing but I, I want to I want us to focus on was that these teraphim these images these these household idols these household gods they were they were images in human shape. They were figurines in human shape, carved human shapes. I hope we're catching that, brothers and sisters, that, yes, what Rachel stole from Laban were his images, were his gods, were teraphim. They were carved images. They were idols, his household idols that he worshipped that were in human shape. I I pray that that's not confusing. I pray that we're able to connect these dots. Reading on. Con. And of considerable size is plainly seen from 1 Samuel chapter 19 and verse 13, where Michael or Michelle, Michelle, the daughter of Saul, places one in David's bed in order to conceal his escape from her enraged father. Brothers and sisters, that right there, 
We're not going to read Second Samuel chapter was that nineteen verse thirteen, but damn, Saul's daughter, what the hell is she doing with a with a uh, a teraphim? And it's so big that she placed it in her bed to 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 hide David's escape. What the hell's going on here? This is Saul's daughter. We you know we always wonder why Saul, why the most I, not why the most I, why things happen with Saul the way things happen with Saul. We get these little tidbits, brother. Says, "Well, we will we do some reading." Obviously, when that Saul just messed up one time, if his daughter was caught up into teraphim, and now Saul is offering up these other sacrifices that made God that angry, then what sacrifice was he really doing? What was really going on? That it obviously wasn't just a "oh, my bad," and God and His anger and rage just rained down, just hell brimstone, and rejected Saul. I'm just saying. But reading on, reading on. It is furthermore evident that they were not too large to be easily portable. Inasmuch as Genesis chapter 31 and verse 19 mentions that Rachel, without the husband's knowledge, stole a teraphim, which belonged to her father, Laban, and when she wished to conceal them, placed them among the camel's furniture, and sat upon them. Genesis chapter 31 and verse 34. Okay, brothers and sisters, this is leading to a point. <laughs> this is leading to a point that these teraphim, these images, these idols, these household gods that Rachel stole from her father were in the shape of human figures, human idols. All right, I, I, I pray we're catching this part so far, and that she sat upon them. All right, reading on. Now, now we're going to deal with it from the Jewish Encyclopedia, the definition of teraphim. Now we're reading the 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 article, the part that says as household gods. All right. Um, so I need to move further down. Okay, I got it. As household gods. It would seem then, as remarked above, that teraphim, like the Roman lares and penates, originally represented house gods, which were carried about by the primitive Semitic nomads as fetishes. As what? As fetishes. As what? As fetishes. Come on. This is leading somewhere, y'all. Yes. These house gods were similar to the Roman layers and, and uh, penance, and they were fetishes. Reading on. Fetishes along with their family effects, and that these deities were in all probability worshipped at first as the most important divine objects known to the followers of this cult. That these household gods, these human-shaped figurines, these human-shaped idols that were carved, that were made, were worshipped as, uh, at first as the most important divine objects known to the followers of this cult. Um, 
I'm going to read this part here because I'm going to skip down, and I know you're reading from your phone, so I'm going to read this part now. I don't want to read – we're not going to read all this. I'm going to jump down to the very bottom, and it says, it is not at all unlikely that the Israelites obtained the teraphim, teraphim cult from their Armenian kinsmen. Where did Israelites get the, the, uh, this worship of teraphim from? From their Armenian kinsmen. Brothers and sisters, guess what, guess what the name Syria is in biblical terms. Who founded Syria? Aram. Aram, going back to Shem, founded Syria. Where was Laban from? Syria. That this was, these practices was rampant throughout the whole earth, but especially it's noted that Laban, the Syrian, had these gods. So, so brothers and sisters, I'm asking y'all a question. I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. Why would Rachel steal her father's gods, her father's images? Why would she steal these fetishes, these household gods, these idols? How was she raised? that she carried these things with her. She had to steal them from her father. It wasn't to protect him. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. You know what, Gabar? Go ahead. Go ahead and read on, bro. From where you left off at, go ahead and read on. We, 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 we're going to need it now. Okay. Um Although nothing whatever is known about the origin of the Teraphim cult, it may have been a survival of primitive ancestor worship. Primitive what? Worship. Primitive, primitive ancestor worship. Ancestor worship. How to remember the ancestors. Come on, y'all. Read on i.e. the images may have originally represented the defiled deified. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, represented the deified primitive ancestor, no, the deified ancestors of the family which revered them. And that these teraphim most likely represented, originally represented the deified ancestors of the family. I can't let my ancestor go. I can't let my father go, my grandmother go, my great aunt go. I can't let them go. So I've made this in honor of them. Just like it was that these idols, these figures were made in honor of Nimrod. They were made in honor of Ceramicus. They were made in honor of Tammuz. And they became deified. Superstitions got attached to them. Sentimental, emotional attachment was given to these things, like the family um, heirloom, a, a, a lucky uh, a, a ring or amulet or whatever, because it belonged to one of the ancestors in the family where it kept getting passed down. 
carved idols, carved images, carved things of humans. And these things kept getting passed down and passed down and passed down till they became a cult. Reading on. John. Um, it says, and may have become later a sort of Manus oracle or Mains oracle. They were probably not astral personifications. The cult could not have been regarded as indigenous among the Israelites because the deities are characterized as gods of the stranger. What are these? They are characterized as gods of the stranger. That's of the other nations, of the Gentiles. That these were these these teraphim were gods of the strangers, gods of the of the nations. Reading on, please. Con A B, strange gods. In Genesis chapter 35 and verse 4 in Ezekiel chapter 21 and verse 26 AB verse or verse 21 it is recorded that the king of Babylon consulted teraphim and looked in the liver i.e. he made use of magical incantations as well as the astrological rites common in Babylonia. I hope I hope we're I hope we're checking this out, brothers and sisters. The king of Babylon. Here 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 we go again with Babylon. Here we go again with Babylon. Consult your teraphim and looked in the liver. You know, just like no different when uh our people would be deal, dealing with roots and they'd be dealing with looking at the chicken bones. When they've been talking about uh, reading the tea leaves, when they talk about um, uh, going to the tarot cards, trying to read the future, trying to get a sign, trying to get a message, this is what all this is involved with, brothers and sisters. That's what all this is is is, is uh, um, attached to, including zodiac signs. Read again. It says uh, it is recorded that the king of Babylon consulted teraphim. Reading on. And looked in the liver. Go ahead. I.e., he made use of magical incantations as well as of the astrological rites common in Babylonia. And what are the astro- astrological rites? The zodiac. Con. The zodiac. The worship of the sun, moon, and stars. Your sun sign is this. Your moon sign is this. Today, Mars is passing through Pisces, so you can have this type of day. That this is all going back to these teraphim. Reading on. Con. It is not at all unlikely that the Israelites obtained the teraphim cult from their Aramian, Aramian kinsman. Cool. From there, let me go ahead and send you this here. Uh, 
That, brothers and sisters, was from the Jewish Encyclopedia under Teraphim. All right? Tell me when you get this issue. Uh, tell me when you get this one. We're going to the uh, – well, tell me when you get it. I, I don't know if you yeah, got it or not. The Britannica.com uh, top Syrian and Palestinian religion. Yes. Other early gods. So this is from, this is from the Encyclopedia Britannica. And brothers and sisters, the search I did was pagan gods of ancient Syria, right? The pagan gods of ancient Syria. Anybody see this website here? Britannica.com. The topic, Syrian and Palestinian religion, other early gods. Okay? This is where we at now. Can we read? Time. At third millennium. Ebla, the most important god, was Dagon, or Dagon, Lord of gods and Lord of the land. Are y'all hearing this? Hopefully you're reading along. Hopefully you, if, if you catch the recording of this, you're hitting pause, going and getting <laughs> this article, and reading along with us, all right? At third millennium, uh, Ebla... The most important god was who? Dagon. And what was Dagon known as? The Lord of gods and Lord of the land. This is coming from ancient Syrian gods. Teraphim. Reading on, sir. Khan. Other gods of Ebla included El Rashet. The storm god, Ishtar, Atart, or Atart. Who? Who? Atart. Ishtar. That's what we get to. Or Ishtar. Ishtar. This Ishtar, brothers and sisters, I, I, I don't know how many times we've been over this. Ishtar is also known as Aphrodite. It's also known as Venus. It's also known as Hera. It's also known as Diana of what Paul was battling with in, in Ephesus and in Corinth and in Thyatira and in Pergamos and in Galatia, that this Ishtar, sexuality and fertility goddess, was being worshipped here in Syria. And this goes back to Ceramicus, dealing with the queens of heaven. But dealing with that sexuality, dealing with, remember, Jezebel, Jeze- Ishtar, also linked with Astarte, was linked with Ashtoreth, who Jezebel was heavily worshiping, who was into the painting of her face, the makeup, who was into wearing the big elaborate headdresses, who was into temple prostitution, who was into swinging. Who, who was into Baal worship that, that was dealing with what? Drinking, uh, getting high, the, the drugs, the weed, the opium, the poppy plants. Just get yourself go. This is what was going on in Syria. These are part of the gods that Laban was dealing with. But we're finding out now, not only the bond, but also who? Um, Rachel. 
Connor. Rachel. We're reading out from Ishtar, please. Con. Uh, the storm god Ishtar, Atart, uh, Shamosh. Now, Shamosh or Kamash? Remember, that's the god of the Moabites, brothers and sisters. Kamash is the god of the Moabites. One of the, one of the gods and some of the practices that Solomon got caught up in too. All this going back to Syria, which goes back to Assyria, going back to, to uh, Babylon, going back to Nimrod and Ceramus. Reading on. Con. Um, and the sun goddess. The gods of the city included several referred to by the Sumerian names. The great rivers of northern Syria were also deified so that local so that their local names remain unknown. Personal or family gods were referred to as the God of my father. What were personal and family gods what were personal and family gods referred to as? Personal or family gods were referred to as the God of my father. And again, this was the household gods that Laban was dealing with. Reading on. Um, and the God of the ruler. The God of the ruler. And who was the ultimate ruler, the ultimate conqueror? Nimrod. Come on, y'all, to where, remember, in dealing with the astral, the uh, astrological signs, whatever, remember the Greeks came back and, and, and named the constellation Orion, the great hunter in memoriam to Nimrod. The great ruler, the great conqueror. Reading on. Con in the early second millennium, the great goddess Ishtar was widely portrayed in contemporary northern Syria as both warrior and fertility goddess. As a warrior and a fertility goddess, sexuality. Go ahead. And standing stone, a standing stone from Elba depicts her in a winged shrine, standing on a bull. Standing on a bull. Brothers and sisters, Diana goes back to Ishtar. I, I, I've, I've mentioned it so many times before. What is Wonder Woman's name? Diana. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and she's that strong warrior Amazon woman full mm -hmm. of sexuality. And when she ties men up with her rope, she makes them defenseless. Y'all think that's just a comic book? <laughs> Please, you know. Um, Dagon or Dagon was also popular. There are references to the local Dagon of various towns. Dagon of Turka, Turqua, Dagon of Tuttle, and so on. The royal the royal establishments of Morai and Ugarit 
um, owed special allegiance to a deity called the Lady of the Palace. The what? <laughs> the Lady of the Palace. Come on, y'all. What 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 do they call the 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 head mistress of a brothel of a of a of a, of a, a, madam. Of a house a madam <laughs> the lady of the place of the palace Miss Kitty <laughs> no, yes from from the old old uh, uh, TV show Gunsmoke but go back and 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 we we went over Jezebel. We covered Jezebel in several several parts here, and how even Christ mentioned how the Jezebel worship was even at the church of Thyatira in Rome in Revelation chapter two verse eighteen down, and the things that that Jezebel and her the worship of Ashtoreth of Ishtar of Baal was even still prevalent among Israelites among Christians. In Revelations chapter 2, verse 18. Now, I'm going to read this part here. I'm, leave, I'm leaving now the article. I'm leaving that article. And uh, I did a search on temple prostitution. Brother says, I did a search uh, on temple prostitution. And I got this from Google. All right? And this is what it says. It says, um, the earliest recorded mention of prostitution is in Sumerian records. What did the brother Gabar Kawat just read about, about Sumerian gods, Sumerian shrines? The earliest recorded mention of prostitution is in Sumerian records from around 2400 BCE. The records describe a temple brothel in the city of Ukert, no, uh, Europe. Uh, U-R-U-K. U-R-U-K. Oh, okay. Uh, U-R-U-K. Uruk. Yeah. Okay. Run by Sumerian priests. The temple called a Karkum, Karkum was dedicated to the goddess Ishtar. Brothers and sisters, what I'm trying to give us an understanding about, I'm trying to shed light on, is that when we're dealing with the, the, the house gods of Laban that Rachel stole, I hate them on her stuff. They were known as teraphim. As we're doing a little bit further research about what was the type of gods and what was the type of, of worship going on in Syria, this is what I'm trying, I'm trying to bring light to. This is what I'm trying to give us a little, little insight into. That it was dealing with this type of 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 of, of madness, dealing with sexuality, car figures dealing with sexuality, dealing with prostitution, dealing with with the dress of harlots, dealing with with with, with everything that comes with that. And that this was, was what LeBon was caught up into. We're going to see that it was also obviously with Rachel. And 
we're going to see where else this goes. And that a lot of these practices was even being carried on in ancient Egypt while we were there in slavery. And that these were some of the devils that we were sacrificing unto. That this is some of the wickedness that we got caught up into. That Paul can make a warning this. You cannot eat at the, the table of the Lord and the table of devils. You can't be doing what, how, you, how devils are worshipped and their practices and their culture and be a part of what God has going on. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. From there, my brother, let's go to Genesis chapter 35 now, back to the Bible. Let's go to Genesis chapter 35. Let's start at verse 1. All right. Uh, Genesis chapter 35 and uh, verse 1. Genesis chapter 35 and verse 1 reads, And God said unto Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there. And make there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. I right, saw so after um, after Rachel steals steals her God's idols, household idols, household gods, household figurines, household images that were dealing with um, uh, Dagon, that was dealing with Ishtar that was dealing with sexuality, that was dealing with superstition, that was dealing with all that. She stole that, and we don't read what she ever gave him up. We don't read what she ever gave him up before she died. Remember, she died giving birth. Oh, I didn't, I don't, I don't. part of my research for other sisters, you know, let me keep reading. I, I'm, I'm going to jump too much, and it's going to get confusing. Let's keep reading. So here, Jacob now has, has escaped from Laban, and now God uh, is telling now go to Bethel and make me an altar um, at the same place where I previously when you were fleeing, when you first was uh, fleeing from your brother uh, Esau, which was about 21 years earlier. All right? Reading on now, verse, uh, verse 2. Come on. Uh, Genesis chapter 35 and verse 2 reads, Then Jacob said unto his household, and to all that were with him, put away the strange gods that are among you, and be clean, and change your garments. What did he have to tell them to do? As he's getting ready to go to, as God told him to go, go to Bethel and build me an altar, what did Jacob have to tell his household, including his sons and his daughters, and his, and his wives? To put away the strange gods that are among you, and be clean, and change your garments. And change your garments. Brothers and sisters, when we're dealing with Ishtar, the sexuality goddess, the sexuality, um, uh, we're dealing with Baal, we're dealing with Dagon, and their styles of dress, and prostitution. Brothers and sisters, this is how, and and coming from Laban, coming from uh, Syria, coming from from Adanaram of Syria, when Jacob and I was coming before the Most High, what's he having to tell his children and his family and everybody? What's he having to tell them to do? Put away the strange gods and change your garments. Come on, y'all. Verse 3. Come on. 
and let us arise and go up to Bethel. And I will make there an altar unto God who answered me in the day of my distress and was with me in the way which I went. Right, so we're about to go back to, we're going to Bethel, which, by the way, in the Hebrew is Bayas Allah, right? House of God, house of the power. And I will make thee there an altar unto the Most High, who answered me in the day of my distress, and was with me in the way which I went. I was distressed. I know Esau was trying to kill me. I had nowhere to go, and he led me to Laban, and that's when I got married. And now I got all these kids, got all this family, got all these riches. I've got now. I've acquired all this wealth is because of God. But for all the things I suffered, all the things I endured. God was with me. Now, we're going back to, to we're going to worship God. Get rid of all the strange gods. Get rid of all that stuff and, and be clean and change your garments. Read on verse 4. So now, in, in keeping with their father's order, let's find out what the fathers of the 12 tribes had to do. Verse 4. And they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in their land. In their? In their hand. I'm sorry. Con. Um, and they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hand, and all their earrings which were in their ears. And Jacob hid them under the oak which was by Shechem. So, Shechem. what did... What did we have to get rid of? We had to get rid of all of the idols that we possessed in our hands that were in our possession. Including? And, and, and including uh, all the earrings. All, 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 actually on our bodies, even. We even had them on our bodies. So, um, and all their earrings, which were in their ears. And um, Jacob did hide them under the oak, which was by Shishim. So if, we're, if we consider that part of the, the, the idols that were in Syria, the worship of Dagon, the worship of Ishtar, the worship of Elba, and all these were sex, fertility, gods, and all these were dealing with, with, with astrological signs, what have you, and the, and the style of dress, and that Ishtar is where the first recorded uh, records of prostitution was at, the brother says, how were they dressed? Including the including the boys. Remember, we only read about Jacob only having one daughter. But for Rachel to steal these idols, then how was she dressed? And for Bilhah and for Zilpah to be from Syria. How were they dressed? And brother sisters, as we're getting ready to come into it, remember. What did Reuben do with Bilhah? He slept with her. Was this just some 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 some, some Pornhub platter? Oh, stepmother or, or, or step step sibling sex? Or was this a practice that was being practiced heavily? In Syria, where the Bible's from, 
where the first recorded temple prostitution was taking place. That Jacob, before he comes to the Most High to make an altar, get rid of the strange gods and change your clothes. So they might have had to change their clothes and get rid of the gods and all their earrings, including the males. Including the males. Now, I'm going to read this here. Unless you want to pull it up. I'm going to the John Gill. I'm going to John Gill's Exposition of the Bible for Genesis chapter 35, verse 4. I'm going to the John Gill Exposition of the Bible for Genesis chapter 35 and verse 4. Once again, brothers and sisters, I'm going to the John Gill Exposition of the Bible for Genesis chapter 35 and verse 4. Genesis, uh, Genesis, uh, one more time. Chapter 35 and verse 4. Um, Genesis uh, chapter 35 in the John Gill uh, exp- uh, ex- expedition. Hey, bro, hold on one second. I need to take this call. Hold on one second. Fine.
Call me little Bo Beep, I'm out here shining. For the lost sheep, I'm out here grinding. I ain't talking cheese, I'm out here mining. Looking for diamonds, king the business I'm mining. Trying to wake you up from the lullaby rock. My apologies for this dead space or, or leaving you hanging like that, Brother Gabar. My apologies. <laughs> not a problem, not a problem. Not a problem. All right, cool. Uh, were you able to get the John Gill, Genesis chapter 35, verse 4? Um, let's see. Uh, yes. I. Uh, We'll pull it up here. Um, it starts, he preached in the same church. That one? For Genesis chapter 35 and verse 4? And verse 4, okay. Here we go. Um, Genesis chapter 35 and verse 4. They gave unto Jacob all the strange. Yes. Come on. Let's read, let's, read, let's read that. Let's read that. Genesis uh, in the uh, John Gill's. Um, Oh, um, what's the word again? Uh, I don't want to say exposition. Is it exposition or exposition? Exposition. 
position, Khan, um, Genesis chapter 35 and verse 4 reads, They gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hands, whether in the hands of his servants or of the captives taken at Shishim. Oh, um, you missed a little bit. It says, I got it, I got it. It says, and they gave it to Jacob. So this is Genesis chapter 35, verse 4. This is what the actual verse says. The verse, the verse says, oh, just read the verse. Just read the verse. Con, let me, let me get it here. Oh. Genesis chapter 35, chapter 35 in verse 4. Please. Up again. There we go. Genesis chapter 35 and verse 4. Verse 4, yeah. Reads, And they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hand, and all their earrings which were in their ears, and Jacob hid them under the oak which was by Shishim. Cool. So now I'm going to read the, the John Gill commentary on what he has about earrings, all right, about the research that he's able to do about the earrings, all right? So this is what he said. He says, these rings were not worn as mere ornaments, but for superstitious purposes, perhaps as amulets or charms, uh, first consecrated to some false god or formed under some constellation and shaped with magical characters. So th- th- this whole elaborate thing with it, with, with earrings looking like stars, looking like looking like uh, 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 different things, brothers and sisters, that's not ornaments. That's not that's not that's not what it is. I'm gonna say it like that. It's not what you think it is. That this, this, not only being for for ornaments, but for superstitious purposes. Come on, brothers and sisters. And and they're coming from Syria, where some of the major worship was of Ishtar and Dagon, and formed under some constellations. That's the zodiac, y'all. That's the worship of the sun, moon, and stars. The queen of heaven being the moon. Sun worship. I'm going to read on. It says, uh, under some constellation and stamped with magical characters, Maimonides mentions rings and jewels of this kind with the image of the sun, moon, etc. impressed upon them. The Augustine describes them in his epistle, uh, 73, as used for this uh, execrable purpose. I don't know what execrable means. Now, in Exodus chapter 32, verses, Two through four. Can we get that? God. Exodus, uh, give me that chapter one more time. Chapter 32, verses two through four. Exodus chapter 32, and starting at verse two reads, And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings, which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons, and of your daughters, and bring them unto me. 
And all the people break off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool. After he had made it a molten calf, and they said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. That's verse 4? That was verse 4. So, brothers and sisters, what, was, what were Israelites wearing when we came out of Egypt? And one, because we, because we, we borrowed heavily of the Egyptians. What was some of the, the ancient Egyptian religion, culture, traditions, and, and customs, it was the worship of all these other gods. Just like we're reading about when, when we came out of, when, when Jacob himself was coming out of Syria with his family, including his daughter, that, that were dealing with the household gods and the gods of Syria then now he, even here in Egypt, combined with, with Syria, all the religious worship that was in Syria to where we were wearing the earrings, the dress, dealing with that pagan worship to where Aaron took all that gold and made the golden calf. And we've been over this, brothers and sisters, that golden calf is Baal. That's why even Zeus was worshipped with bulls, as a bull. Going back to Nimrod, with Jeroboam, set of the two calves, golden calves, when he came into rulership, when the nation of Israel split, when Ahab, being married to Jezebel, who was having to the, the worship of Ashtoreth and Baal, set up golden calves, and all the rituals and all the partying, that took place in their worship. That's why it tells you they went to play. And the Israelites, uh, with this golden calf, it went to play. But the play wasn't talking about tag your it. The play was dealing with getting inebriated, getting drunk, and just getting wild. Because that's what the worship of Baal, the worship of uh, Ashtoreth, the worship of Dagon, that's what all that involved. Let's go to Judges, chapter 8, verses 24 through 27. Judges, chapter 8, verses 24 through 27. Now we're going to go to the book of Judges, chapter 8, verses 24 through 27. Judges, chapter 8, starting at verse 24, reads, And Gideon said unto them, I would desire a request of you, that ye would give me every man the earrings of his prey for they had golden earrings because they were Ishmaelites. They were what now? They were Ishmaelites. These Ishmaelites, they weren't wearing these earrings out there because they were trying to look good at battle. They were wearing these this jewelry and these earrings for protection and superstition and honor to their gods. We've got this thing so, so twisted and backwards We'll look at images of like, 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 like uh, Sinbad, the golden earrings and, and, and the jewels, and we'll think that, 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 yes, look at how masculine, how majestic he looks. 
That that's not that's not what the Most High is dealing with. We'll look at like 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 uh, 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 a genie dealing with Aladdin and stuff like that. And what what do they what do they have? They have on the flimsy dress. The genies have on flimsy dress and what? The male genies have on the earrings. Prostitutes are going to have on the eye makeup and earrings. Come on, y'all. Is this really that? that, Is this really that porn? Is this really that hard to put together? I know. I know it might be because, like we read earlier. Babylon the Great has become the habitation of devils, the hold of every foul and unclean spirit, the cage of every hateful and unclean bird. It's all here. But here in America, here in Babylon the Great, it's just normal everyday dress. It's just normal everyday what have you. Like Christmas. Hey, Thanksgiving. It's, it's, it's crazy to me how people people know the twelve the for the twelve days of Christmas. My true love gave to me, and there's some of y'all that can name every last thing that's given for those twelve days. Mm-hmm. But let somebody ask you the name of the twelve apostles. You can name, I, I forget how many reindeer, how many reindeer did, did Santa Claus have? How many it is, I'm asking Gabar as if like, like he's actually worshiping his shit, knowing he doesn't worship his shit in 30 years. But for how many reindeer there are, some of y'all can name off every last one of the reindeer before Rudolph got there. <laughs> That's crazy. Todd, Todd. Astonishing, but let me ask you. Let somebody let somebody ask you the Ten Commandments. It's going to be crickets. So Judges chapter eight verse twenty four. Our time is about to expire. Uh, Judges chapter eight verse twenty four, bro. Con. Uh, Judges chapter eight and verse twenty four reads, and Gideon said unto them, I would desire a request of you that you would give me every man the earrings of his prey for they had golden earrings because they were Ishmaelites and they answered we will willingly give them and they spread a garment and did cast therein every man the the earrings of his prey and the weight of the golden earrings that he requested was a thousand and seven hundred shekels of gold besides ornaments and collars and purple raiment that was on the kings of Midian and beside the chains that were about their camels necks. Go ahead. And Gideon made an ephod thereof and put it in his city. Even in Oprah and all Israel went thither a whoring after it. 
which thing became a snare unto Gideon and to his house. Come on, y'all. Because all the superstitions and all the things that was attached to all this madness. Why would Gideon make an ephod when he was already told that the high priest, the sons of Aaron, was going to wear the ephod? Come on, Gideon. Brother, the most I just gave you this victory. Why would you come back and do something like this, man? If the, if the earrings and the ephod and the way that the Israelites had dressed in honor of their God, if, if it didn't help them, why would you think, nigga, it's going to help you? From there, last one, we have a few seconds left. Let's go to Hosea, chapter 2 and verse 13. Hosea, chapter 2 and verse 13 reads, And I will visit upon her days of Balaam, or Balim, wherein she burned incense to them, and she decked herself with her earrings and her jewels. Hold and on, she went. Where, where are we at? Where are we at? We are there, right? Hosea, chapter two and verse thirteen. Let me catch up with you, man. Hosea, chapter two. This here is. Let me see here. What I'm going to start this at. When we read this whole chapter, which we're not going to do, um, it's the most I'm talking about how how uh, Sullivan's one shit. <laughs> Hosea chapter two and verse one reads: "Say ye unto your brethren, Ami, and to your sisters, Rahuma, plead with your mother, plead." For she is not my wife, neither am I her husband. Let her therefore put away her whoredoms out of her sight and her adulteries from between her breasts. Come on, y'all. This is the most I speak to Hosea talking to Israel. And he calls, uh, it's, like, it's like a father talking to his kids about their mom. Say to your brother, I mean, which means my people. And to your sisters, uh, Rahuma, I forget what that means. Plead with your mother. Plead, for she is not my wife. Neither am I her husband. Let her, therefore, put away her whoredoms out of her sight and her adulteries from between her breasts. Read on. Con, Hosea chapter 2 and verse 3 reads, Lest I strip her naked and set her as in the day that she was born, and make her as a wilderness, and set her like a dry land, and slay her with thirst. Right? And I will not have mercy upon her children, for they be the children of whoredoms. 
for their mother hath played the harlot. She that conceived them hath done shamefully. For she said, I will go after my lovers that give me my bread and my water, my wool and my flax, mine oil and my drink. Therefore, behold, I will hedge up thy way with thorns and make a wall that she shall not find her path. And she shall follow after her lovers, but she shall not overtake them. And she shall seek them, but shall not find them. Then shall she say, I will go and return to my first husband. For then was it better with me than now. For she did not know that I gave her corn and wine and oil and multiplied her silver and gold, which they prepared for Baal. That all the stuff that the Most High given us, we give to the other nations through Baal, which remember is another another god of, for another name of Nimrod, another name for Zeus, another name for for uh, 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 Apollo. Come on, y'all. Reading on. Uh, Hosea chapter 2 and verse 9 reads, Therefore I will return and take away my corn in the time thereof, and my wine in the season thereof, and will recover my wool and my black given to cover her nakedness. And now will I discover her lewdness in the sight of her lovers, and none shall deliver her out of my hand. I will also cause all her mirth to cease, her feast days, her new moons, her Sabbaths, and all her solemn feasts. I will destroy her vines and her fig trees, whereof she had said, These are my rewards that my lovers have given me, and I will make them a forest, and the beasts of the field shall eat them. I'm sorry, but there, there, I can just hear a woman's voice. When he just read, when, as, as, I know it's Gabar. I'm not trying to say anything about Gabar, but I can hear so many women with those same damn thoughts. These are my rewards for my lovers. I the, uh, that my lovers gave me. They know how to treat me better than you do. I've had love. I've had old boyfriends. I've had old people who treat me better than what your ass do. I can hear this. You don't do shit for you don't do nothing for me. <laughs> oh, reading on. Verse. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hosea chapter two and verse thirteen reads, and I will visit upon her the days of my limbs. Now, I, I will visit upon her the days of my limbs. But is it this so much? So much meet here? What happened in the days of Balaam? 24,000 Israelite men were put to death because they got with the Midianite women. Mm-hmm. That Balaam had instructed Balak to have the Israelite men worship the gods of Midian, including Ashtoreth, including Baal, including Astarte, including Bel, 
which was dealing with what? Sexuality. Which was dealing with what? Prostitution. Which was dealing with what? Getting inebriated off of either wine or the different drugs, particularly the opium plant. Where, yes, we do get heroin from. We do get morphine from. And even with this present-day epidemic, fentanyl from. Opioids. And it was all about living your best life and having sex to the fullest. And whatever it is that gave you pleasure, if it was bisexual, homosexual, bestiality, corporophilia, urine, urine love, whatever it might have been, if it feels good to you, when we worship these gods, we can do that. And in doing that, 24,000 Israelite men died in one day. So here, verse 13, he's saying, the Most High is saying this, and I will visit upon her the days of Baalim. Come on, y'all. Reading on. Uh, and I will visit upon her day, upon her the days of Baalim, wherein she burned incense to them. But this, and, ain't talk some, this, this ain't talking about some nag chompa. This ain't talking about some 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 uh, 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 apple, you know, some shade or some black love, brother right. sisters. This was this was the cannabis. This was the blue lotus. This was the hookah. What, what, what you smoking your hookah plant? Your hookah pipes. This was to get high. This is what God is saying. I'm going to get them back for the stuff they're doing. When she burned incense to them. Reading on. And she decked herself with her earrings and her jewels. She, and what did, how's the most of it, that we did what? Decked herself with her earrings and her jewels. Go ahead. And she went after her lovers. And forgot me, saith the Lord. Come on, y'all. So what is it that Rachel was hiding in it that what is it that Rachel stole? What was part of the household gods that Rachel stole from her father? And mind you, brothers and sisters, remember Jacob had said, we didn't read it, we're not gonna read it today. Remember Jacob said to Laban, whoever has your goods, let them die. And what happened with Rachel while giving birth to Benjamin? Mm. She died. Let's see. Come on, y'all. Things written the fourth time written for our learning. How, I mean, how, Christ's whole ministry was about what? Repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. 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 Jabbar, do you have anything about anything about this class or, or anything? Just you know, um, touching on what you had started with, uh, with this being the land of Babylon, the land of confusion. Um, it's 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 all in the it's it's all in the in the in the media. Um, I don't know how old our our listeners can go back, how, how far back, but. Um, there was this. There was a song by uh, Bill Collins. 
um, that was called The Land of Confusion, and he was singing about everything that we do here in America. This is the land that we, the, the world we live in. Can't you see? This is the land of confusion, Babylon. Um, only in America, you know, going back to Revelations, uh, um, I forget exactly where you were at when I was reading about the every hate, hateful bird. Don King, he used to say that all the time after every fight. After every fight of a, of a, a fighter that had won, how he enjoyed being here in America because it was only in America you could do this. Only in Babylon you could do whatever. You could go through the list of of all of all of the idol worship, all of the you know the celebrations of of the you know the Super Bowl, the kissing on the. Uh, the idols, the the trophies. That's what that's what this that's the environment that we're in. Even to this day, we're all worried about who gonna win the Super Bowl, who gonna get the Super Bowl ring. Speaking of rings, <laughs> not just <laughs> earrings, but true, the true. ring, the ring. You know, it's not hard. You know, and I'm just going back to what what you. What you brought out is, it's not hard to figure out. It, 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 I believe our people are just, you know, this is what, what we want to do. We're, we're not as ignorant as, as we, 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 we play it off. This is what we want to do. Um... The, the 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 holidays, all, all of this stuff. This is this this is in the spirit. This is in the influence. We're 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 influenced on a wide scale with all of this idolatry, and we don't flee from it. We don't flee from it. You know, Revelation eighteen and four tells us to come out of it. And even though we we kick. The, the, the scriptures are true. We keep partaking, partaking in it. And, you know, speaking of the plantation, family, family dollars, you know, uh, every day, every day during this season, people are buying Christmas bulbs and ornaments, trees, and, you know, getting, you, you know, getting in it for, you know, as cheap as possible to worship these 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 gods these 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 deities these 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 idols you know um it, it it's right here in the scripture you know um and and it, it's our job to 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 correct our people so um you know that that's that's all i have to say about it i, I mean you know i'm, I'm on my my uh, fourth gump again. That's all I have to say about that, Mashallah. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. Let me, do me a favor. Yes, sir. What you're saying, I wanted to read this in the, in the beginning of class, and then mm-hmm. when you expounded, the way you did the water, it reminded me of this. Can we go to Deuteronomy chapter 30?
and start at verse 11. Con. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 11 reads, For this commandment which I command thee this day, it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that thou shouldest say, Who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldest say, Who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very nigh unto thee, in thy mouth and in thy mind or heart, that thou mayest do it. See, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil. In that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. Uh, any thoughts on that? Con, it it, it goes it, it it goes right in um, correlation with what I was just speaking about. It's not it's it's not hard. It's 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 right here. It's close. It, it's, it, we just read it's 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 very nigh unto thee, which you know just goes to prove. It's not that our people are ignorant of it. It's what we want to do. This is what we want to do. And in that, with the, with the, with the scripture stating, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil, which means it's a choice. <laughs> It's a kind. choice. So this is the thing that we're that, that we're choosing to do. We're choosing to do. You can't put it on the Heavenly Father because he said it before us. Do you want this? Or do you want this? Do you want life? Which is to follow the law, statutes, and commandments and live? Or do you want death, which is to do what you want to do? and suffer the consequences and the wages, which is death, for doing what you want to do instead of being obedient and following the last section of the commands of the Heavenly Father. Time. Time. It's a choice, brothers and sisters. It's a choice. Are we going to love God or not? Are we going to love God or not. It's our choice. All right, my brother. Uh, we do have, um, again, Hanukkah is, is, is coming up on, uh, Hanukkah is coming up. Um, 
uh, December 7th at sundown. Um, and then tomorrow, today is today is Wednesday. Uh, we have tomorrow, uh, Tazapod Thursdays with um, FYI uh, for your information. And then tonight being Wednesday, please check out uh, the YouTube channel, um, SOW, uh, SOW uh, Houston, Texas, um, Streaming Wisdom. Right, SOW, Houston, Texas, Streaming Wisdom. Uh, this class starts tonight at 7 p.m. And then also uh, the Sword of Truth, their class starts tonight at 7.30 at uh, Sword of Truth, uh, San Antonio, Texas, on their YouTube channel. Uh, that being said, my name is Mishabi. Um, my name is DeBarco. And with that, we would like to say shalom. Shalom. Sure. Yeah.